describe it as somewhat of an enlightening experience. The other day I was with my oldest daughter, Joy, who's a flight surgeon, a physician, married to an F-16 fighter pilot, and Joy was reminiscing on her 39 years of life, and as she's um, turning that big four old, she was complaining about how she was feeling her age. Can you imagine that? 39. How she was feeling her age. I, I'm reminded of when I was back in the Staples, one of my previous congregations, they had a surprise um, 40th birthday party for me. And many of the members of the neighborhood and the church gathered and they had parked their cars a number of blocks away from the church and I came home with totally dark parsonage at the time, turned the lights on, everybody's surprised, surprised. There must have been like hundred and some people crowded into our, our parsonage there. But it stood out in my mind that 40th birthday celebration, it just seemed like yesterday and like already 27 years. Well, I guess I kind of agreed with my daughter that maturity has a way of creeping up on you, and I illustrated my point by saying, I looked at my hands the other day, and I, I saw the wrinkles, I saw some scars and other beauty marks, and I said to myself, look, look at that. Those look like the hands of a 67-year-old. It reminded me when I was talking to Boon Boon and I have a kind of a similar friend who was recently assassinated, killed by his son. That friend um, played for the Vikings for a number of years. What was the other team in the United Saints? The Saints, the Saints. And he was kind of low-key, came from my particular area, we was a graduate of Concordia, and I played at the University of Morris, the Cougars, and um, Bennett, Bennett was his name, and he, uh, um, he played for the, for the Cobblers, and that, was a bit, that could have been in the early 70s, too. Yeah, mid-70s, mid yeah. Mid-70s, and then, um, he, um, he's a big guy try to try to take down and and I think when, when he was at the Congress, was he middle linebacker or so? Was he yeah. end in that, you know? And, and such a tragedy when he moved back to kind of his hometown of Long Prairie, Eagle Bend area, he really kind of played down the fact that he played for the Vikings. I don't think he could ever say that he had any traumatic brain injury or anything. And um but memory is a very, very important thing. And then it was that um, my loving, my loving, very sensitive, very humble, very supportive, kind son-in-law who chimed in to protect my, my daughter with a statement, well, how old are you, Dad? And he was right, of course. At 67, I, I wouldn't want the hands of a 21-year-old anymore. Can you imagine that? 
picturing a body of 67 in the hands of a 21-year-old. We are all maturing. You, by way of television and by radio, you that are present here this morning, we're all aging. And sometimes as we mature, we tend to forget things. I, I, I know that none of you have ever experienced this or forgetfulness, forgetting your keys or forgetting certain things, but they tell me that some people do. Yes, we have trouble remembering people's names at times, places we've been, specific titles of books or movies or, or the date of events when these events have happened. If one has many grandchildren, it's hard to remember particularly their, their dates of their birth and their birthdays. We need to remind ourselves with techniques like calendars. And the emotions, the emotions that we remember, but the names of the places, the people, and the things are, are sometimes hard to recall. There is a re an importance of, of remembrance. Remembering is a big part of the Christian faith. The substance of our being, your being and my being. The word remember as or the derivative of remembering appears some 240 times, 243 times to be exact in the Bible. And now, with, now you have an idea some of the things I was doing last week. 243 times the word remembrance occurs in Genesis to Revelation. And the Bible agrees that again and again in the Old Testament, God says to his people, remember, God is saying to you and I this morning, this day, to remember. As he said in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 9, remember. Remember that you were slaves, he said to the Israelites. You were slaves in Egypt. Remember how the Lord, your God, led you according to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. And in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 16, one of my favorite verses is Nehemiah 8, 10, and it says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Remember how the Lord your God has led you. And as they were confessing their sins, they said, that our forefathers and forefathers became very arrogant. They, they became very stiff-necked and they did not obey the commandments of God. It's almost a, a similarity in what's happening in our culture and our society today. They refused to listen and they failed to remember the miracles that they had witnessed and that had been performed before them. And then, especially Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, reminds us that to remember the Sabbath day, the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Exodus 20, verse 8. And then remember the Creator all the days of your youth, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 1. Remember, remember, remember. 
from one generation to another was, was through memory, was through recall. The Jewish faith, faith was an oral tradition of faith passed on from one generation to another, passed around from one person to the next, and, and hence memory was a very key ingredient and factor. Remembering was a very serious matter of, of spiritual life and, and death. It was a serious matter. When you were to say, I forget, where we hate to, where we could hate our enemies or, or to love our enemies, it was either one or the other. Remembering which one would be very important. Now, God knows all about remembering because God walked this earth in the body of Jesus Christ. God knows how easy it is to forget things and how very important and crucial it is to remember things. God knows that we need these constant reminders. This is the purpose of symbols. Next Sunday, we'll be observing communion. As we look forward to this week as a week of preparation for communion next Sunday. We realize the importance of symbols and what symbols remind us about. And God knows that we need constant, constant reminders. And this is the purpose of the cross. The cross reminds us of Jesus' willingness to suffer and die for us on the cross and the sure and the certain hope that that through faith in Christ we shall live forever. As a Christian community and Christians, we shall never say goodbye to such saints as Bernard Peterson and other members of our congregation that experienced death this past week. But we are all kind of in a sense of grieving. Maybe not to the depth and the, the height and the breadth of, of the biological family. The open Bible reminds us of all that God has done for us down through the history of humankind and of God's desire to communicate to you and I, to us. Through the sacrament of Holy Communion, and I challenge those who may be unchurched by way of television or, or by way of radio to, to go to a a local church and participate in communion in the body and blood of Christ. Jesus took that initiative in order to help us remember that all that God had done for us in his visit, his visit to the earth, he said this, do this, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus' life. There is an awful lot to remember about Jesus. Currently, our Sunday school class is meeting, and, and our Sunday school superintendent is meeting with her grandchildren, and wants to instill within the importance of, of Sunday school, in school on Sundays. There's an awful lot to remember about Jesus, for, for he came into the world in the astounding miracle of the incarnation, the Emmanuel, God becoming flesh. When the angels sang and the shepherds and the wise men gathered around his manger. And when Jesus was baptized, the heavens were opened 
And a voice said, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. And when Jesus conquered temptation and the devil in the desert, the angels came and they, they ministered to Jesus as the angels want to come and minister to you and, and to I. When Jesus was transfigured on the mount, when Moses and Elijah appeared and spoke with Jesus about his coming death on the cross, and once more the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And after his death, Jesus rose from the dead, and, and he appeared to his disciples, and, and after 40 days he was taken up into heaven, which we call the ascension. And a cloud received Jesus out of their sight. There were so many dramatic and climatic events in Jesus' life that it makes one's head spin. The glory of God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' death. It was not Jesus' incarnation, nor His baptism, not His temptations, not His transfiguration, nor His resurrection, nor His ascension, and not any great miracle that he performed or any sermon that he preached by which he asked to be remembered. It was by his death that, that Jesus wished to be remembered. He said, this is my body, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus broke the bread that was to feed. His body was broken for us, his blood was shed for forgiveness of our sins. And as Jesus broke the bread that was to feed their bodies, and as their bodies were broken for spiritual nourishment, and as he poured out the wine for our refreshment, so his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And by this offering of himself on the cross, and by his death, he saves us. We need to remember that for this was a death that ended all death. Dr. Archibald McLeish made the same point, but in a somewhat a little different way when he wrote the poem called the, the Young Dead Soldiers. The Young Dead Soldiers, written at the end of World War II. He writes that the young dead soldiers do not speak. Nevertheless, they are heard in the still houses. Who has not heard them? They have a silence that speaks for them at night, and, and when the clock counts, they, they say, we were young. We were young. We were brave. We were among those who since they were immortal weak. But we have died. Remember us. They say we have done what we could, but until it is finished, it is not done. They, they say we, we have given our lives, but until it is finished, no one can know what our lives gave. They say our deaths are not ours, they are yours. They will mean only what you make them mean. They say whether our lives and our deaths were for peace and hope, or for nothing, we can
not say it is you. You and I who must say this. They say we leave you our death. We give you our meaning. Give them an end to war and a true peace. Give them victory that ends the war and a true peace. Give them victory that, that ends the war and peace afterwards. They say we were young ones. They say we have died now. Remember us. Young, the dead Savior, who was only 33, Jesus. Now this poem could be paraphrased to read the young dead Savior is not sweet. Nevertheless, Jesus can be heard still in the hearts of his followers. He says, I have died, remember me, I have done what I could, but until it is finished, it is not done, until it is finished, no one can know what giving my life meant. My death is not mine, it is yours, and it will mean what you make of it. Whether I live for your salvation and I gave you hope, I, I cannot say it is you. It is you who must say this. I, I leave you my death, you give it your meaning. I have died. Remember me. Today's opportunities, your opportunities and my opportunities will never come our way again. Therefore, you and I, we, we must take action, action for God and his kingdom now or else regret our inaction forever. Shakespeare said, there is a tide in the affairs of men which which taken at the flood leads unto fortune omitted all the voyage of their life is bound in the shallows and the mis miseries of life. You and I in this protective Protected in perspective to 2020, we we need to launch out. We need to cut loose the lane, the lines that bind us to the dock of defeat. Why wait in the harbor till your sails rot with age and your ship falls to pieces? The nation of Israel had the opportunity under Moses' leadership to enter into the promised land. I trust you're entering a promised new year, a promised land of new year. The Israelites, Canaan, overflowed with an abundance of blessings, but the Israelites would have to fight and to conquer their enemies. And instead of trusting God, God for God's help, they decided to back out, to back away from the promises of God. And failing, Failing to seize the initiative, they, they lost their opportunity. And this angered God so much that God said every one of them would die in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb. And this caused the Israelites to grieve greatly, for they had missed God's will. They had wandered some 40 years in a land only 16 miles wide. 
And when they tried to go ahead on their own, God said, you are one day too late. And for the next 40 years, they wandered in circles, and their journey became one, one non-stop funeral. Today, you and I have opportunities in our businesses and on our job and in our personal relationships that will never come again. Go with the confidence because there is no risk when you are moving with God. But you must move. You must move now. This moment to linger is, is to doom yourself to a slow, agonizing death. Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, those by way of television and those by way of radio this morning, we might be like the poem that says, "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house not a creature was peaceful, not even my spouse. The bills were strung out and our table was red in hopes that our checkbook would not be in the red. The children were fussing and throwing a fit, and when Billy came screaming and cried, I've been bit. And Mommy with her skillet, and I with her remote, she said, you change one more channel, and I'll grab your throat. And when on the TV there arose such a clatter, I sat up on the couch to see what was the matter. And when what to my wondering eyes should appear, the cable was out, it was my worst fear. The Cowboys, Celtics, the Raiders, the Knicks, the Packers, and the Vikings. And without the sports channel, I'd soon need a fix. And then in the midst of my grievous sorrow, I remembered, I remembered the times I had promised tomorrow. Not now, my children, but at some time soon. Dad will play with you and things will be fine. And now under conviction, I looked at my wife. Where was my kindness? Why all the strife? My heart quickly softened. I, I saw my past. Some love and attention was all that they asked. I got, gathered my family and I called them by name and told them with God's help, I'd not be the same. We'll keep Christ in Christmas and the New Year and honor his plan. No more fights before Christmas, and on that we will stand. My children's eyes twinkled, they squealed with delight. My wife gladly nodded, she knew I was right. It was the, the fight before Christmas, but God's love had come through. And just like God does, God made all things new. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this Christmas and this coming new, let's be intentional to remind ourselves that this is a, a season and, and a new year to share our love, our joy, and the gift of forgiveness. It's a season to forgive the past and look forward to the future. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Would you repeat after me by way of television, radio, and church these words? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus forgive, me my sins. forgive me my sins. 
Help me to truly repent. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me into this new year with your promises, your love and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look back, we look forward to many promises of God this coming year. As the ushers come forward this morning, let us turn to our, our bulletin and we can be so kind to say with me the offertory prayer. God of mercy and compassion. As we bring our gifts this morning, we still bask in the warmth of celebrations of Christmas. With tables surrounded by family and friends, tables filled with abundant food and joy. Alongside these blessings, let us also remember the story of Jesus. Mary and Joseph fleeing as refugees at your direction to escape persecution in their homeland. We can only pray that they found welcome and compassion in their life. And we pray that the gifts we give and the lives we leave will offer compassion and welcome to your children wherever they are in need. In Christ, who opens his arms to all. Amen. As the ushers come forward, let us turn to our offering again. Joy to the world, Purple Lemon 46.
The season is about preparing the way for the Christ to come into the world and into our hearts. And as we move through our lives, and we are bombarded with invitations to invest our dollars in things that will bring joy to us and those we love. Yet we know we must cut through that noise to hear where you want us to invest. We are focused on giving one another and the need to hear that you would have us give to those who are the forgotten, that you love and those whose need is great. May the giving we do now help us hear your gospel more clearly and see your love for the poor and the meek more completely. In your love we give, in your love we are sent, and in your love we pray. We have an announcement that I'm kind of clear with Gary. Um, I believe Gary has an announcement on the uh, trustees in their meeting. <laughs> I believe uh, we're not meeting till the 8th. So we're not going to meet on uh, New Year's Day. <laughs> but some of you care will be there. I, I will not be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very glad to, to say this to you and everybody watching on television. Jesus was born to die, yet he lives. And we were born to die, and we will never die spiritually. When we look at our birthday, our tombstone won't give our birthday and our date of death. I know it's been said before, but it's a dash in the middle that counts. But will your dash be highlighted with a halo? or will be black, unnoticed. Keep, keep remembering that it is the Spirit of God and the Lord that highlights our dash. We have a halo when we die because of Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't live for, for just the dash, the black dash. Go for the highlighted halo on your dash. Uh, now sing Emmanuel